Chris, quick, save us. I forgot to unmute myself. Hi, my name's Sean Schiller. This is the Avatar The Last Podcasters. Oh, everything's out of order. It's chaos over here. I'm Sean Schiller. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. This is Avatar The Last Podcasters. We're both unmuted. Everything's fine. Everything's normal. Nothing out of out of place here. Chris, how you doing? I am doing fine. Doing good. Doing good. Um, I've been reading... Let me scoot over here. Uh, dang it. Uh, I don't feel like getting it. But reading the new Avatar book, The Legacy of Yang Chen. Chris, how did you, how'd I, you cut me across that book at this time? Oh, well, this well, this one I actually did buy. Oh, uh, well, that was nice. <laughs> I, just like last year, I get our two free copies. Um, but anyway, that, yeah, like you said, uh, I reached out to uh, to my contacts at the... <laughs> that sounds like more official... Then the <laughs> I reached out to my contacts at Abrams Books, who's a publisher for the Avatar Chronicles novels, and asked for two review copies for us. So this one I just bought off of Amazon because I just wanted it a little quicker. Little peek behind the curtain. Chris spent money and bought a book like a person. Yeah, that's good. Listen, but we like the books. <laughs> we support the books. Go, go buy the books. Yes, yeah. And I usually last year my copy my extra copy I had I just gave away and and uh it was a prize giveaway at, at our trivia contest. Which is Which a perfect <laughs> in game for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um the uh for some reason I couldn't figure out how to like go through the proper channels to request a copy. The last year I remember I went to the website and there's a certain part like under contact us or whatever, it's like request a review copy. So I went through that means and filled it out the thing. And then a lady emailed me back. She is like the manager of social media or something. Um, and then she, she, you know, I gave her information and stuff. And then she sent me and I said, thank you. Um, and then this time around, I couldn't find like the right link for it. And so I just emailed her back <laughs> from last year. Just, hey, it's, it's whatever, me again. I would like to request. I'm, and, I, and I said, I'm sorry, this isn't the proper channels. I would like to request a review copy of the Legacy of Yang Chen. Um, and she said, Oh yeah, great. Yeah, that sounds good. And it's funny enough. Her her title is now like director of merchandising or whatever. Not merchandising. Mer- That's <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> director of social media and stuff like that. I'm like, man. That's not a really good use of her time. <laughs> so just <laughs> that's not what she's. When you're a director or something, you are not the one that that manages random stuff like that. I am not the director of anything, and I still immediately delete <laughs> external requests of every type. <laughs> I don't forward them. Mm. I don't redirect them. If they are motivated, they'll find it themselves, Chris. <laughs> Um, the thing is, she she emailed me back, you know, just asking for the right addresses and stuff, and I gave gave those to her. And then a person, not her, uh, oh here we go, a person not named her, <laughs> whose title was like, oh hey, he says Chris, your tracking numbers are whatever, whatever. Thank you, best children's marketing and publicity assistant. That's something that an assistant does. <laughs> so. She will probably be my point person next year. And then next year, she'll be like, I'm manager or something. Yeah. This new person. You should respond back to her in all caps and be like, Julie, get me a copy. 
and she will, I didn't she won't get it, but you know, maybe. I haven't uh, responded back to that last email yet, but I need to do that. That's very exciting. Uh, it's been exactly a, the amount of time since I read the last book that since I've read any books at all. So that you know, looking forward to it, and we will we will keep you posted as we go through that. Okay. Um, I'm about seventy six pages in, and I think I'm going to like this book more than the last book, even though I have some of the same issues. So quickly, my first impressions are. I like where Yang Chin's character is at. Like she's kind of in a low place, but she's she's had to like succumb to playing the Game of Thrones and like mani- like very much manipulating people. She's been relying on that a lot, and I think it's starting to affect her. And also, she's starting, I think, to question just like like all oh, this crap I'm dealing with. Like I gotta strong arm this person and this and that, and like are the like and she starts getting like. I don't know, these influences of, of just, like, is it even worth it? And then she has this contentious relationship with the White Lotus. And there are some things from the previous book that I just didn't remember being a big deal. Like, her and Kavik, like, not even at all, like, cool with each other. And other people not, other people mad at Kavik. Um, but, oh, I'm enjoying it so far. Not nearly enjoying it to the point of Kyosha novels, but... Let me just hang up those expectations and ride along with expectations from the last book. Feels reasonable. Um, looking forward to it. I actually forgot until you told me like two weeks ago that you had requested the review copies. I forgot it was that time or that it was essentially coming out so soon. So I don't know. It's like finding not like a $20 bill in your but It's like finding a $10 bill in your pocket. It's, mm-hmm. that, it's that level of, of pleasant surprise. Um. Chris, did you mention that there were uh, another news item or two, perhaps? A little bit of some news items. Uh, we are getting the uh, the soundtrack for oh, uh, Alex yeah. book one has been like complete. I say completely remastered, but they've brought in people to like redo it all stuff. It'll be out sometime, I think, in the fall. So that's really cool. Like Jeremy Zuckerman and Brian Ganisco and 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 Michael Dante DiMartino have been like working all these years to get this done and they and they finally got it done so definitely need to support that project and uh so that way they can do books two and three and like cora books cora's is done book one and two i think but three and four doesn't have music i have cora book one and two somewhere save somewhere but that's awesome uh, I saw uh, probably photos from our our Twitter feed, and I think that like those soundtrack remasters is really big in gaming right now. Um, not just mm, retro gaming; yeah. some I'm going to say mildly modern recent gaming, but like uh, especially like large, uh, not large normal size, but but printed vinyls. Uh, but they'll have like yeah, things printed it, on. And it, I don't, I don't know first... if it interests me in particular, but it looks really neat, especially for those retro games. Yeah, at first the announcement was from I saw the announcement first. This is enough from uh this person I follow. Oh my gosh, well, I can't think of his name. His name is Mike in the Cinephile or something. I thought you were gonna I feel just bad stop that after I'm... Mike. His name is Mike. Go follow Mike. <laughs> I feel bad that I can't remember his name because I talked to him pretty 
constantly. I I just watch the YouTube videos. His I actually want to get him on the on the podcast at some point in time. That's nice. a perfect video thing for him to be on. Um, I don't know how he found out, <laughs> but um, but yeah, the NASA was just like coming out on vinyl. I'm like, this better not just be vinyl. Like, who's <laughs> like the audience is so small. It has to be coming, and it is coming out digitally in different areas and stuff. But all very exciting. That's fantastic. I, I do like seeing, not that it has to be vinyl specifically, but I like seeing a, a an analog format and a in a digital format. I think it's great to have both choices. So that's nice. Still, I still like CDs, but I know it probably won't come out on the CD. Sure. Well, um, and I mean, what it amounts to is it to to a, a music file, an audio file. Is a CD is still digital, right? So the quality you're getting on a CD versus the quality you're getting from a digital file, right? Is is not literally the same, but you know, it's a digital, I just, a digital I just translation like as opposed it. to vinyl. So vinyl people, they want the analog. Um, yeah. Not so much me personally, but for me, I just like, like, oh, I, I physically own this. Like, no matter what, I can always put it in something. <laughs> I, don't, and I don't know if you know this. It. We're big on physically owning things here. We, <laughs> it's an important part <laughs> of our day. Somebody like. I still, so I just do my, my stupid little switch videos where I just like, I'm just picking through my collection and just, I'm literally just logging it as I go and I'll make the little videos and somebody commented and I still just don't do well with like mean spirited YouTube comments. And somebody commented like, and someday there'll be a worthless pile of chips. And I'm just like, thanks. Like it just the thumbs up button and like, thanks. And that's it. But in my head, like, I don't know if people know that there's a, on every switch game, for example, there is a a playable version of the game unless it says otherwise, right? So it'll say download required or some games are, you know, code in a box only, but those explicitly say it up top. But hey, fun fact, every other Switch game has like a playable offline from the get-go version of the game on the chip, on the card. Mm -hmm. And so it will be good as long as there's a Nintendo Switch just like any other old games. So I don't know, stuff like that. Like I need to just let that go, but in my head it's like, I need to yell at that guy on the internet. Who wants to yell at someone? <laughs> Everybody, I think I have to go around and tangent. So, really, some of them, I, I made this point on a, on a YouTube video about like my song comics, and someone was like, mm, actually, this and this. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Like, well, no, I was like, no, you're half right, half wrong, da 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 da. da. And this one person came up afterwards, was like, well, you know, you're both right. And I wants to be like, no, we're not both right. He is only like fifty percent right, and I know these things. This is not one of these opinions where everybody's opinion matters. Like this is a, this is a black and white kind of. Yeah, I presume. But, and it bugged me. Given, it given bugged the me way like you're describing day. it too, it's not a thing where it's like a like a theory or whatever. Like I presume it's the thing that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn internet! I just don't know how to. Yeah, let it go. Yeah. COVID ruined me for understanding how to interact with people, and I wasn't that good at it to begin with. But um, yeah. Chris, we've got an interesting episode today. Oh, random. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Slight random news, oh, which is a good segue. No, slight random news, which is a good segue into our topic for today, is that Diamond Select is going to be releasing an Iro statue, which I'm really looking forward to. It's also going to be PVC, so it'll probably be like fifty or sixty bucks. But I'm really glad to see that Diamond Select is continuously going to be making statues for Avatar Universe. Um, they make really great statues. And for some reason, I feel like their licensing with McFarlane 
isn't like I haven't heard, I haven't seen anything new from them in in months. So I'm curious if they'll keep that relationship up. But I'm glad to see that their relationship with Diamond Slick is still going on because they make great statues. Is that uh, like the Big Ang statue? Is that Diamond Slick? Uh, no, that one was McFarlane, the huge oh, one. The huge but, one, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but then they Diamond Slick made like um. Uh, I'm gonna have to show you. <laughs> Diamond Slick makes this Zuko one. Don't know if you can see. Uh-huh. Uh, they made this Ang one here, and then this Ang one here. McFarley made this one. Dark Horse or whoever made this and that. The comic and then Diamond Slip. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, hey, that's nice news. Chris, why would Iroh be a good segue for today? I because I, I don't know why I say it like that. He's like they, it's in the screen and in the title. <laughs> because today we are starting somewhat of a new series. It's not like a continuous series, more like a series of like we'll do this every now and then. Uh, <laughs> this series is I have called character assassination, where we will be talking about the unpopular opinions of some beloved characters. Opinions, facts, um, things that people don't like to realize about them, dirty little ugly truths about them that sometimes are overlooked. And we're going to bring them to shine. And some things are, and we might discuss where these things are valid, whether we you know, like these things about these characters, and even maybe if we would like change some of these things about these characters. Uh, but today's character is probably the most beloved character in the whole show. I should preface this by saying Iroh is my favorite character in all of Avatar, and this is my idea. <laughs> There's just some things I see about Iroh, and I'm like, you guys are kind of, you know, uh, gassing him up too much. Like, There's stuff about him that isn't like, he's not 100% gay, hunky-dory, gleeful type of or, stuff. At, at um, a minimum, like, just because he's your favorite character, it's like, all right, he's not 100% good. <laughs> You know, uh, part of the reason he's yeah. your favorite character is because of the uh, the dynamics, the context, the interest Absolutely. is there. And and then at the end, as the title implies, we kill Iroh, as the title uh, suggests. All right, uh, just, just, just scared. We don't want to kill him. You're the one always trying to kill Iroh. For <laughs> Not I me. Why. I don't know why I got it in for him. He's a great <laughs> character. Man, they got me yeah. thinking. I, my head went on a tangent, and now I'm like, who's my favorite character? I don't know the answer yet. I got to think about it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I see us doing this to a couple of different characters, uh, especially like the beloved ones. Going to do Aang at some point, and I think me for myself, I should do Korra as as well. Well, and like I think you have to do Zuko if it's something you're gonna. Mm. I, I think you almost have to, I guess, just as far as uh, you know, beloved characters goes. But yeah, oh, all right. Anyway, yeah. Chris, you took a lot of uh, opinions on the internet this week concerning this topic. Yes, I did. You want to start off with uh, other people's opinions or our... Um, uh, oh, uh, that's a opinion. good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should do ours first. That's the norm. Okay. Getting ahead of myself. All right. I'll start with my number one thing about Iroh. That is a complete character assassin. <clears throat> Uncle Iroh, and I've said this before, 
He's a terrible father. Terrible father. Got his son killed. There's no way around it, people. He got his son killed because he he encouraged his son to be in a war and his son died for it. And, and yeah, terrible father. And I've used this analogy before. Say if, you know, you can love, you can be kind, and Ira was kind to his son, absolutely. But as a parent, you have to direct your children in a way that makes them better human beings. And Ira didn't do enough of that. Like if a, if a clan member shows love to his child, but he raises him up to be a clan member, and then he goes and gets goes and does some type of atrocity and he gets shot in the at whose fault is, is that? It is both of their faults, but there's fault to be had on the father's part. My That was very extreme, but still. That's a good clean example. Um mine is that even though it's it's very biblical to like uh, uh forgiveness, prodigal son and all that stuff. But I think that Iroh, it seems that it took a serious, impactful, major life event for him to change his ways and his lifestyle. And and not that that doesn't make him any less of a good character, a good person, but like it it took like he got he he had a lesson put in front of him, a major life lesson that sort of forced and it was, it was... Or, or enlightened him. That I, I don't even know the right word to use, but. Because I want to say, like, other people don't have that luxury, but obviously luxury is the wrong word. But of having that major life event, it's like, no, you need to change your ways now. That took him to turn, that took, like, that it took for him to turn a corner and become the character yeah, that we see was, today. Yeah, it was almost selfish in a way. Like, it took for your specific son to die for you to realize that, oh, we're bad. When other people have died in this war, it's very um, self uh, It was only motivated when it became a selfish thing. Yes. When it, when it personally affected him. And we can't, we can't live that way as, as humans. And so Absolutely. even though it I shouldn't... slash we forgive him uh, and appreciate mm. that he became a good human, but like you can't rely on that to happen. Yeah. And it makes for great, it makes for great writing. Absolutely. Sure, sure. But as just a person, it shouldn't. And this is this is the opposite of empathy. Like empathy is like empathy is when I see someone going through something, and it doesn't have to happen for me to me for me to personally feel the effects of that. Like that's that's what it takes to be a really great human being. Is that you don't have to walk the same. You don't have to experience the same thing that other people experience for you to fully feel those emotions and, and change as a person. But in this case, Iroh had to feel that very personal, deep stuff in him. Um, and and it had not, to personally happen to him. And it's not to say that maybe he wouldn't have come around eventually, but can, you, you can't count on that. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, so that's always been my number one gripe against Iroh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as, a, oh, that's a good one. as the perfect human character. Yeah. So uh, on our last, uh, we can kind of address if we would change it or, or not, uh, and what we would change, we would change as as we talk about these each individual things. I wouldn't have changed uh, my well. Hmm. What I've changed that he's 
I wouldn't have changed that he said that I think he's a bad father because it makes for good writing. It makes for that growth. Um, I'm not sure, and I don't think I would. I would also wouldn't change. Hmm. I also probably I would slightly change because right now Iroh's flashpoint is his son dying, and we don't get to see a lot of Iroh's. Well, um, you know, we're making a bit uh, of an assumption, past. but I think we. That's the yeah. It's a it's a solid assumption. assumption. Yeah, yeah. I think I could have dealt with seeing Iroh see the other side of of the war and what's causing. It's interesting, and this is uh, Mike Mike uh, Brian Kinsko said in an interview, I think on the Avatar pod, the Raven Ellen's podcast of like, I think he was almost trying to cover for Iroh in a sense, <laughs> but I've, it kind of somewhat contradicts things he said in the past. Uh, that I've read interviews from Brian. Um, but he was talking on the podcast about Iroh, and he was saying, like, well, yeah, Iroh took over the war, but he, he one of the reasons why he took it over because he wanted to end it really quickly because he saw, you know, Iroh didn't like war for the sake of war, so he thought if he could end it very quickly, that's why he was, you know, going to war. See, that sounds more and, like fan headcanon <laughs> to me. It, it it does a little bit to me, but also I'm not Brian Konietzka. I'm not the freaking writer of one of the things that I love most okay. in the world. But so, one of the well, things that but, I always, and I we've had, not not fight, we've had this discussion before, is the writers can think and say things, but until they put it, like, canonically in a piece of media yeah. that I can absorb, like, it, I don't say it, it's not, I mean, it's not canon, it's not, like, you know what I mean? Um, so he can say that, but... I don't know. It's not true until you show <laughs> well, me. To me this is a fictional media, not an idea. To me, even if that was true, like that doesn't, well, it doesn't absolve him of things. And I, and I know Brian probably said, like, yeah, of course it doesn't absolve him of things. He goes through the growth and stuff. Uh, but to me, it doesn't even excuse any of it. Like, it's like, oh, he wanted, like, oh, man, we really got to stop killing people. So let's hurry up and kill people. That's, what, that's, yeah, how I, I that's how you can interpret it. Unless you were going like full okay. sabotage, so I don't. I don't think I would change everything because again, we're we're debating. You know why Iroh maybe is just on too big of a pedestal. We're not saying why he's not our favorite yes. character, but it, it's one Absolutely. of the things that makes him my favorite character. So I don't think yeah. I would change it. Uh, but if you wanted to find discreet ways to plant seeds of like his earlier white lotus days maybe before his son died or him starting to realize too late for his son or like starting maybe starting to to direct himself properly um and and maybe like a splintered relationship with his son or or couldn't bring his son over he was going through his own metamorphosis Mm -hmm. um and maybe not being a good dad like if you wanted to plant some seeds maybe but i don't think i would i think i'd uh, you know, yeah. I appreciate uh, right now. I appreciate the vagueness as it is. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's see, what else can I? Uh, there was something else that I was thinking of with Iroh personally myself. The damn, I'm not connected In, to this. I've okay. got if you're if you're on to like another possible gripe, I've got kind of my only huh? not my only other one, but like my second big one that comes to mind a lot is that he, he lands uh, in the show he kind of lands in the perfect situation where he where he doesn't have to take action like yeah he's uh this good person that we know and he's you know he's helping this one 
young man right his ship, and he picked well, right? He picked an important young man in the grand scheme of things, but but he lands in a situation where he himself doesn't have to doesn't have to take a whole lot of like external positive outward action against the atrocities of the world at large, right? Um, it's it's a nice easy way for him to be like, well, yeah, I'm a good person. See, I'm here, you know, training Zuko to be a good person. Yeah, and it's it's, it, uh, it, it's convenient. And again, that's not me complaining about his character in a way that I enjoy it because I still think that's part of us experiencing Iroh's arc and like what his mm. right thing is to do. And it, that that to me is part of the joy of Iroh. So uh, would not change that. I just always like pointing out it's not like he's out fighting yeah. against the Fire Nation or, or fighting for peace or anything. Like he's sitting on a boat, pretty comfy, you know. Yeah, I wonder was there some type of um, like he like maybe he's just waiting for the right time, waiting to... for the right opportunity to to shift the status quo. Yes, yeah, and, I, yeah, and, and he clearly has some inkling that Zuko is going to be important in in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you know, not just their own story arcs, but kind of to the fate of the world. Uh, so, still yeah. something to be said for that. <clears> but like, all right, he's still doing it in luxury. You know, he's fine. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would probably plant, and this goes to the point that some people were making earlier. I would probably plant more seeds of him taking actionable directions towards towards the ultimate good that he wants to go through. Uh, and real quick, just to intersect with something that someone said because it has to do with this. Um. Why can't I find it? Oh, it's from Caitlin. Oh, um, hi, Caitlin. She says, uh, he actually helped Zuko fight Aang in the Avatar Returns episode. Uh, the only time he helped Zuko to fight Aang. So confusing. And so, yeah, so that episode where they both firebend up. It's in it's in the second episode. Aang is getting away on Appa. And they both use a coordinated like fireball attack up at Appa and Aang swings it away and hits like the side of a cliff or something. Here's... So that is a little confusing. Yeah. I I have a thought for a minor change uh, and very minor that I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. is yeah, I still don't think I would do it but if they wanted to in the early going there's already like a nice level some level of respect between Zuko and Iroh. Uh, that wouldn't necessarily have to be there. You know, maybe Iroh could already be a little farther along the, the path of good and that could piss Zuko off and Zuko already has no respect for him because he's a disgraced general, right? They could have a more fractured relationship at the beginning that was maybe uh, in some part due to Iroh already being farther down this path of good in an external uh, way. But even then, I don't know if I'd work too hard to to shift that balance. I like it as it is. Yeah. And just little, yeah. And most I do little, little crumbs. Yeah, a, a big fight early on because yeah. Iroh wants to do something good, but even then they do eventually. It does, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, other thing that kind of crushes people's, I think, miss. Uh, I mean, people can interpret Iroh or the one. I see a lot of posts about like Iroh being a father figure to like all of them. I'm like, I doesn't hang around with all of Team Avatar all that much, like. He gave Aang that advice at one time. You know? <laughs> he gave Aang advice 
that one time and the embossing say and then but like so many people have given Ang advice <laughs> the years. Like I and I don't consider all of them father figures of, of Team Avatar. Um but uh, I mean nice. at most hey, it if you want to talk about a hot I, tub, you know? Yeah. Wait, no. I, mean, I know tub. people are on a I feel somewhat guilty. I feel like people are going to like but what are you guys talking about? And again, I love Iroh. He's he's my favorite character. So I'm so excited for the statue coming. Uh I think those are the biggest thing oh strength. A lot of people think Iroh is just like can just I, a lot of people think Iroh could have taken on Fire Lord Ozai. And I'm just like, no, he couldn't have taken them on. Like they built Ozai being up to like, be <laughs> Being the older brother is only good to a certain age in life, and then yeah. it turns. And the, yeah, at some point he would have been able to easily take him, and yeah. I, he's he's past that point. But dem- like Iroh's demonstrable strength at this age does not exceed Ozai's demonstrable strength at this age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, uh, great. And I, I wouldn't change that. Um, other things either. with his writing, I kind of like the ambiguity where you maybe feel like Iroh has more in the tank, but he's you know he's kind of going the pacifism route, right? He doesn't want to let it out anymore. So I I kind of like the vagueness of it. Yeah. Yep. Um, sound check. Uh, <laughs> yep, sound check. Yep. I, I keep I keep doing that every now and then. <laughs> Yeah, there's just not a great way for me to share my screen in Discord and then still capture both of our cameras in a good high quality, but oh, that's fine. there's probably smarter... Hey, oh, listen, oh, audio oh, video... As long as I say it. Uh, um, audio v- those, video people at me. <laughs> those are, I think, my biggest character gripes about Iroh and unpopular opinions about him. Um, I really wouldn't change that much about the things that I specifically called out, but there's more things that uh, some of our uh, listeners Hit have me with called them out. Fan theories. All right, let's start off with Caitlyn. Uh, when Ira came back from his adventures, he was content to sit by and watch the Fire Nation under control of Ozai. Yeah, we kind of uh, talked about that. Yeah, how many and, years did he wait in between? You know. Zuko, uh, I mean, Zuko needing only... him to guide, and just like Iroh, like in this purgatorial state of just being a Fire Nation higher up. Uh, I mean, just three years. Like the siege on Bossing Say happened like three years before the series starts. So yeah, so you know, it's weird. A, a small I, chunk it, of time it feels... where he's just kind of sitting around the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably took, you know. A year of just being depressed, uh, but that's even that's even less. You know, you're, you're it's even a little bit more selfish. But again, I wouldn't rewrite that. Like no, that's, that's part, part of, of yeah. Andrea. Again, we what we do love about Iroh is he's got the hidden arc. You got the Zuko arc that's out front, front and center. But but mm-hmm. Iroh, it he he feels peak. But the more you watch, the more you appreciate. Like we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Here's one that. Pretty much everyone can agree on. <laughs> he takes advantage of June's paralysis when June gets hit by her shoe shoe and she lands on that, him. Yeah. And then Zuko's like, Uncle, I didn't see you get hit with your shoe. And he's just like, Shh. and just, yeah, that is creepy. No yeah, doubt about that. Like, I would, 
that's I would a, that's original that Dragon out. Ball creepy right there. Yeah, man, Dragon Ball is so freaking creepy. Uh, <laughs> like it, was, how it was different time, yep, I uh, guess. Yep. But mm-hmm. so freaking creepy. Um. Oh my gosh! Now the more I think about it, Boma was like a teenager in Dragon Ball, which makes it so much worse. I, I was to say, I think mid-teens. Also, yeah, she's like my a, impression. She's the same age as Goku. No, because Goku's like sits. Yeah, he's, Dragon Ball he's quite starts. a bit younger. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, it, it gets worse. Anyway. The you think about it, though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And, and it gets worse. <laughs> what are three other <laughs> things about him? <laughs> um, here's one that I felt funny. That I probably would rewrite, but it's it's real. Uh, he nearly exposes himself in Zuko. In the oh wait, oh I'm thinking about something else. Never mind. I'm sorry, Kayla. <laughs> sorry, I'm So she writes. <laughs> no, I'm stupid laugh. It's just gonna be thirty seconds oh, of Chris laughing at himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Quit. I'm like I'm talking to one of my kids. Quit. Anyway, <laughs> he he nearly exposes himself and Zuko in the drill episode. Okay. So what she's talking about is that he fire bends his teeth, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, it not, is dumb. Not that he literally that, like but... has his pants off or whatever. Yeah. But when she, when I read, sometimes I just read things wrong. Uh, when I read, he nearly exposes himself in Zuko. I read that as he nearly exposed himself to Zuko. Yeah, that's messed in up the too. episode. In the episode, the uh, oh the my god, the hot springs. Um, yeah, the one the hot springs. I'm mad at myself. I can't remember the title of the episode. Aang is it's the the. The Winter Solstice Part One. That's it. Um, and so I <laughs> Kate was talking about that of him exposing himself to Zuko because Zuko goes like, "Ah." And so I, before I read that, I had this whole thought behind it of like, "Yeah, I wouldn't have Iro exposing himself also like naked to his nephew." And then I was thinking about it, just like that's just an old person thing for some reason, like. Old men very comfortable and their bodies way too comfortable. And, yeah, nothing left and, to lose, yeah, Chris. I, I don't know why the thing is it's <laughs> it annoys me. But like I'm just being like if if any man who's been in a locker room have seen an old man's junk way too many so. one too many times and they care not one, all the two whatever times you've seen it. That, that many, many times, times too, many. too many. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why old man like that. Like, I've been in the locker room so many times with, like, other people like you, Sean. I've never seen you before. So it's very We're, easy. To it's just easy to be discreet. Clean. Yeah. I think they but just... old men are just like, nah, let me just walk around. No towel. Just walking. I remember freaking out one time when I was, like... Eight or something. I went to the like the local pool and the guy in the shower. I was like, ah, yeah, just 
that was the, literally a memory I was going to bring up. It's like, this is a public pool. It's a small town. Chris, that, that's another important difference. I was in a small town, right? A public pool. It's like people you know just walking out of the shower. Just not, not my grandpa, but somebody else's grandpa, you know? It's messed up. Stop it, old men. It's easy to... Towels are everywhere. That's all I'll say. Find one. Oh, even though that's even though that's not what Caitlin brought up, I, I will I'll say yes. But listen, like, what you brought up let's, about let's Iroh is that he literally you're supporting the perv theory, so it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um. Then uh, Dan said he's not here to give me tea advice, and I must need to help. So that's what he hates about him. That's, so that's that's the opposite. That's regrettable. Assassination, I get it. Yeah. But but okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, one person I can't think of anything bad about this man and I'm like there's there's a lot <laughs> you gotta look yeah um, so yeah so that is I think uh, everything from Facebook people and listeners I, I didn't get much stuff on uh, on the tweeters I have a comment and then one more addition my comment is just while we're talking about Iroh this is the good thing this is what I do like about Iroh and what in my head in my head canon what would have made me know that he was a good person all along and I'm going to butcher the saying but the saying is something like Chris if you're nice to me but you're mean to waiters you're not a nice person mm-hmm. right in my head I bet mm-hmm. Iroh was always nice to waiters right you had to see like you know there was a good person in there somewhere it just needed to bloom and grow um, so that's kind of a compliment one more addition I'm going to make that nobody said is you know, we get the end result, but like the his his nurturing of Zuko over Azula, like the apathy toward. Oh, Azula, good right? point. Good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, we 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 get it from a narrative standpoint, but it would be easy to look at Iroh's character and say, like, you could have tried. You know, <laughs> could try to jump in yeah, and help he... her out. Well, you know, that's. I think he, it's hard because you see that one person needs your attention, but I th- well, and you you go like you, you fix a problem that that can be fixed or that what's it like? Gosh, even that still sounds bad coming out. You still gotta try, even if it, even if it seems like her her father's claws are dug deep into her. Mm-hmm. You still got to reach out that hand. Her life try. is as valuable as Zuko's life, and that's not represented in Iroh's priority very well at any point. Yeah. So it's not worth bringing up. I, I would say, again, it doesn't bother me too much because situation of, you know, we discussed a little bit, you know, grieving Iroh, outcast Zuko, like the, the context is what brought them together, and I'm fine with that, and I wouldn't wouldn't really change it. Uh, but you could throw in maybe there again seeds of, Iroh demonstrating love for Azula. No, love, I think that's not a just good familial Because um, it's weird. Their dynamic is it's so minimal. much more There's like... so little of it. Well, it's it's so much more like colleagues than, than Iroh being the superior. Like, when Iroh... Iroh and Zuko's dynamic is like, Iroh's up here. Like, he has all the wisdom, all the knowledge to put into Zuko... And when it comes to like, and to like nurture him on things, but when it comes to like Azula and him, they seem like they're on the same playing field, 
where there's no there can't be any mentorship there. That being said, there that's just the way it comes across. Um, but I think I agree with you that it could have been more like Azula, like just talking to her through the same ways like he's talking through Zuko. Like, sure, Azula seemed like a lost cause, but he still got to still got to try. Well, narratively, um, you know, she could have shot him down immediately, but at least we might have had that seedling of like, oh, he doesn't not care about Azula. He just, again, he was kind of on his own journey. And his own yeah. journey happened to be a Zuko. Just yeah, that's funny. Thinking about it from a like a Star Wars perspective of like like Obi Wan talking to Luke about Anakin. <clears throat> like he he talks about Luke about Darth Vader as if more like a or to Anakin more like a more more in a favorable sense. Like oh well, yeah, he was this and that and that. No, never mind. He lo- never mind. Terrible thing because he lost hope and yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about like if 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 one of your sisters like had a like a strong favoritism or like a specific bond for with one of your kids. Um, yeah. You know, like if one of your sisters was really nerdy and they loved dressing up with McKenzie or whatever, and then didn't like express any kind of relationship with the other kids just because they were too young to go to these things or whatever. You know, like just mm-hmm. because of the context, it's like you might yeah. understand it. But it would still be a little bit like, hey, you know, I've got these other kids also that right. like to do stuff. No, I would, I would, I would change that as well. I think that would be a, be a good change for him, at least trying to reach out to Zula because all the time he talks about Zula. By the first time we see him, in uh, the first episode we see them interact with Zula, he kicks her off a ship, and then uh, other times he's he's never trying to swayed Zula in either direction. He's never trying to extend uh, uh, the same positive love yeah. and energy that he puts toward uh, Zuko. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe there's, for a, everyone, back, there's a backstory every, out for there everyone, For everyone who badmouths Ursa about how she didn't love Azula, that's wrong. Put that energy towards Iroh. Yeah, take that energy, which is, there again, demonstrably incorrect... Yeah, and, and redirect like Ursa it. gets a bad rap. Ursa, I've mentioned this before. She loved both her children. She loved them. I would equally like when she left the Fire Nation. She kissed them both goodnight. Azula didn't wake up. Azula, the bazooka woke up a little bit. She loved them both. Was was she? She tried to reach out. She talked to Azula. Like we need to have a talk about when when Azula would say. Dangerous things yeah. about her grandfather being killed. Not or, fun. Or not living long. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest part of yeah. being a parent is having that crap. Like, yeah, no, we're going to kill grandpa, son. Take that energy, redirect it at Iroh. And then accept that we're just pointing out Iroh's flaws as a character, but there again, the reason that we like him as part of his larger journey. He has yes. a great arc. Um. <laughs> I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Final thoughts? Last editions? Uh, Chris, maybe Iroh is my favorite character. I still haven't decided, but I haven't thought about it that much. Who would be in your top three? Top three. Um, gosh. Toph, Iroh. Maybe it is one of those two, I suppose, because those two come to mind so fast. Mm. Okay, yeah, it's either Toph or Iroh, but the... You know, the underlying theme is that we get a little bit of both those characters in both those series, and I like 
those characters progression oh, yeah. from Avatar through Korra. Yeah. So it's a little bit unfair in that regard, but one of those two. Cool. If if I'm feeling arc, Iroh. If I'm feeling not arc, Toph. <laughs> mm, not that yeah. she doesn't have one. Not that <laughs> it's just a jagged. It's not smooth. Uh, Chris. I think that's all for this episode then. Hey, thanks for commenting, everybody. We appreciate your input. And thanks for watching. Come back next week. My name's Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter and uh, certain book publishing company fames. And I'll put all the details down in the description. We will see you guys next time. Goodbye. But not Sayonara. I think Sayonara typically means goodbye forever. Oh, for real? But there's different type of goodbyes, and Sayonara means, like, goodbye forever. Oh, I didn't know that. I learned something. Who knew this was an educational podcast? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>